This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Wednesday. It is hump day. It is a bright and gorgeous morning. Speaking from a girl who slept a good chunk of time. I'm a new woman. Hey, Jax. Uh, can I introduce you to your new co-host? Oh, I'm so excited, though. I'm going to miss Turdy Lou. Who do we have yeah. here today? It's Turdy Lou. <laughs> It's Turdy Shoe. No, no, by the way, yesterday was Turdy Lou. Today is Turdy Lou. Yesterday was Turdy Boo. <gasps> and today is Turdy Woo. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to oh. meet Turdy Woo. She seems like an amazing woman. And I'm so glad that she doesn't have the, sim- the same struggles as Turdy Boo. When I tell you how much better I am, like what sleep can do. And you know, I like hated that I was, I was yesterday I was walking through life. I don't even remember doing the show. I don't remember what stories. And I hate that feeling of like feeling like I didn't do a good job on the toast. But so many people enjoyed the anger. I'm, you know, we got good content out of it. Our reels were popping off. I feel like I did my job because that's literally what we do. So I feel good, but I'm ready to dive back in like full attention. I'm excited about the stories. I'm excited about Jax. I can't believe I was sitting here complaining about sleep to a pregnant woman who has a one-year-old. Like that's me, lack of self-awareness. That's okay. I did get another morning of waking up with my hatch. Mm. And then like two minutes later, Harry woke up. So it was really amazing. That hatch is really something so far. Let's talk about that. How's Harry? I'm obsessed. Like I'm, this is definitely the longest I've gone without seeing him. Like I, my blood boiling, not okay. He's great. He's ready for you. He just, you know, wants to play, wants to sing, wants to be entertained. And his favorite entertainer is not here. I am the entertainer. Literally a week from tomorrow, I will see him. I'm coming to your house. But like, I don't even know. I'm going to get no time with him because I land super late. Do you think I could like go in and give him a kiss when I land? No. No, because like he will wake up. He is the type. And like, Loki, you can't kiss a baby in a crib. Like that crib is so far down. It's backbreaking work. Like I'll have to go see my physical therapist. You, I'm pregnant, putting him down. Like, especially when he's like sleeping and I'm trying to like place him. It it can't happen. No, like the one time I tried to put him down recently, um, I, he was like, he was sleepy. He wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. He was in my arms. I'm like hurled over this crib. My feet are flailing off the side. I like plopped him in. He hit his head and he started crying. It's terrible. I actually always dream like every night when I put him down, I'm like, I need a fucking step stool. That's like under the crib. That's under the crib that I could just like pull out just like one step to make me taller. And then I just like push it back in. That's what you need. Yeah. I think it every night. Actually now that I'm not going to order one like right now. Cause you know, it has to go with the aesthetics and everything. So um, I'll wait. A little, a little update from you know New York Toast headquarters. I got a heating pad for the show, wow. and it's kind of gorgeous. It is making me like kind of tired. Like warmth just makes me tired. Yeah, but it's so nice because you know I want to sit up straight when we do the toast. I want to have good posture, but that like makes my back hurt. So I'm like here with my heating pad. I'm kind of loving it. I realize that sometimes in the reels I look really like a big oaf because throughout the episode I slide down into the chair. Mm-hmm. Like I always start looking really nice. So then when I put when I get my video and I'm like editing it, I always think I look really good, but like I don't really see the middle where I'm like yeah. a puddle. Yeah. So I need to sit up straighter during the toast if I want to like the reels and if I want Gen Z to still like think highly of me. Oh my god, I know. Like are you starting to consider Gen Z like into your everyday life like what will Gen Z think no not at all because I've had this success with Gen Z just like being myself and they like me as I am I think if I started pandering to them they would sniff me out in a second no it's true and that would kind of go against like your relationship with them because up until this point you've been kind of like telling them the hard truths but they love hard truths and that's why we hope and that's why I love them it gives me hope for the future it does so I just am going to keep doing my thing and Gen Z's Rides for Jackie O. It's a beautiful thing. 
uh, my book club met last night and I've realized like what my toxic trait of book club is. Share. I don't want to. You're not, you're not going to know what it is. Okay. Yeah, don't please don't start guessing what you think my toxic trait is. Um, I must seriously maybe t- minimum 10 times per book club meeting like bring up you like I feel like everyone's like oh my god shut up like either I'm talking about like what the redheads do or oh Jackie hated that book or Jackie thought we should do this or ja- and they're like I feel like everyone's like oh my god Jackie's not in this book club like fuck off oh my what book did I hate uh well not hate but we were coming up with suggestions for next week and it's Rachel's turn to pick and she we like to have like two or three options because it always turns out that somebody has already read the book right. So one of her selections was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And I know that's like a Jackie. I'm like, you guys, Jackie loved. Yeah, it's a redhead's favorite. It was so good. I just don't think you're going to like it. Did Snitch like it? Yeah, we called it The Invisible Life of Snitchy LaRue. Okay, I, I would read it. Like, I, I would read but it. But Snitch like Midnight yet. Library and you didn't. Oof, such a bad book. I actually really don't think you're going to like Addie LaRue. Like, okay, so like when I vote, I'll vote for the other one. What is the other one about? I don't know, but it's, they both sounded like decent. Yeah, it's just if you didn't like Midnight Library, I don't think you're gonna like Addie LaRue. It's a little. It's also like magical realism. Oh my god! I oh I have to tell everyone I hate magical realism. And it's like throughout history. Is it famous couples throughout history? It's famous Addie throughout history. Got it. Got it. She's kind of like a solo girly. But that's like my toxic thing. And then you like sent pictures of like Harry in the bath. So I was like, guys, Jackie sent pictures of Harry. And of course, everyone like got lit up for Harry. But I just felt like, my God, I wonder how many times I've said Jackie during. Oh, and like two of our book club members are pregnant. So I'm like, well, Jackie said like this. And you're pregnant too. I'm like, oh, Jackie's also do that. And like, I was like (laughs) really being annoying. That's so funny. I need to come to the next one. Oh my God, they would love. Okay. Are you in town? I'm trying to come to town in May. Okay, maybe if you, um, if it lines up with your trip, they would love it. And I'll, whatever book you're reading, I'll read it too. And like, we could participate. Oh my God. A celebrity at our book club? They would, oh my God, they would freak. Yeah. No, and like everyone knows you and like one of the girls, Raquel in my book club, like is for, in your grade. So yeah. I'm always just like, I'm trying to keep everyone up to date with like Jackie Tings. Yeah, but also like, if not for the redheads whose yeah, steps we, you're walking in like there might not be a book club so it's when we Jermaine. first got started like some of our founding members like we were really kind of looking to the redheads for guidance when it came to books and just structure we do Hollywood treatment so you're very much like a core you know cornerstone of the we, don't, we need a name for our book club Ooh. well what do you guys you guys have like a home cooked dinner yeah we always even though like my turn to host is coming up soon um, and like we are going to be ordering in. Ooh, but it's always like at someone's house. It's always it's very like Hamish. So like, maybe it's like the potluck book club. Yeah, but it's not a potluck because mm. one person cooks. We give one person like all the responsibilities of like the dishes. Mm. And I love walking out with like a pile of dishes in the sink. I'm like, see you next month. <laughs> yeah, but that's going to be you. No, no, I'm ordering in. We're using plastic. Why don't you make Ben cook? That could be his punishment. I mean, if everybody ate Ben's chili, like they would, I would be, they would ask me to host every month. Oh, I understand. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You do need to come up with a name. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. I mean, I, I think it, we should definitely, like the core of the group, like a lot of us went to the same high school. What about the Yellow Belly Book Club? I love Jackie. Okay, you guys, when we were in <laughs> high school, I had like a core group of friends. It was like 10 of us. And you know, when you're in high school, like you have to like do something like to like, you know, symbolize that you're all in a group of friends. And we got these yellow. They were so, so fucking ugly. These big yellow bangles. What did they say on them? I don't know. I think they were from Dylan's candy bar. Like they were huge, thick, chunky, bright yellow bangles with like red writing on it but like we loved them because you know only you know the the 10 of us had them and Jackie used to call us the yellow bellies because we wore these yellow bracelets it was actually hysterical and so most of the people in your book club are former yellow bellies or actually no or they're yellow belly adjacent they're yellow belly adjacent but only Rachel is a yellow belly like Abe was a guy so he wasn't in the yellow bellies Margo I know from college Raquel was two years older like I actually it's actually not a yellow belly crew Damn, it would have been the perfect name. It would have, even though like nobody besides you and me knew that you called us the Yellow Bellies. Right, but if it you, didn't catch on. But if you just come up with a name for the book club, like that's a good catchy one. Like the group will be like, okay. 
Yeah. I mean, you just like, if you hadn't brought up yellow bellies, haven't thought about that in forever. That's so funny. But that's like, so you, you were always being like nickname girly. Jackie has always been this like original creator of like, you know, turdy. Like, it's not surprising that you are who you are. I know. I was just talking with my friend Erica because she was asking me like why we call snitch the snitch. Like, where's turd come from? And I was, I literally had to go through every iteration of like where these things came from. And it's ridiculous it's it's inexplicable it really is and now I've got a snitch a turd and a trout and that's why I see I see like new trout I see new toasters being like can someone explain origin of like snitch or turdy and to be honest it really doesn't matter just know like I am turdy Margo is snitch Olivia's trout you know yeah and that Margo is not a snitch like she does is she's not called snitch because she will snitch on you Claudia not called her hopefully Hopefully. She's not a big log of a duty. And Olivia is not a fish. And she doesn't like particularly like fish. It's not like a, you know. She likes fish. She does, but it's that's not why you call her it because she's no. always eating fish. No, I call her it because one time I was calling her like Oliver because her name's Olivia. Like that's no brainer. And I got confused and I thought Oliver Twist, the orphan. I thought his name was Oliver Trout. So I But start- Oliver Trout is something. No, from the OC. What's his last name? Okay, no. Okay, hold on. Oliver from the OC. He's Oliver T. Oliver from the OC is Trask. But who is Oliver Trout? Your sister thing. is Oliver Trout. Okay, wait. Like, no. Like, Oliver Trout is not a thing. Right. I mean, actually, Oliver Trout on my LinkedIn is a sales associate at Tuckahoe Bike Shop. But other than that... No, so I, I thought it was Oliver Trout, the orphan. So I was like calling her Oliver Trout and then I called her Trout and it wasn't until like I re- was already calling her Trout that I realized it's Oliver Twist. That's so funny. Maybe Oliver Twist was asking, may I have some more please? Maybe he was asking for, for trout. trout. Maybe. Probably not though. It was probably like porridge. It's always porridge. Sludge. Mystery meat. Well, it's Wednesday. Which is such a good day here because we're always in high spirits. We're halfway through the week. We've hopefully either just come from humping someone we love or we're going to hump someone we love. And we have Dear Toasters, our weekly advice segment, which is just one of my favorite parts of the week. We've got three really good submissions. And we're coming off of a high because last night Jackie and I did a live podcast episode, which we've been doing once a month on our Patreon. I thought last night was, we didn't even talk about it. We never got to recap because I ran to book club. Yeah. We... I thought it was one of our best one yet. We were so funny. We were so funny. It's always so good and the time really flies. It's an hour long live show. There's so much audience participation. We have like this outline that we always actually wind up getting through, but we just go on a million tangents and it's so much fun. We just get to talk about like everything. Period. And I think last night was one of our most highly attended events. I know. There was like almost 2,000 people watching live. And then when I got home, 7,000 people had already watched it. Wow. So people were loving it. If you uh, if you missed it, you can still watch it. And if you want to join live next month, just become a Patreon member and you'll get all the, the links and everything sent straight to your Patreon app also or your email, whatever it is. So that's patreon.com slash toast. That was fun. I had a good time. Yeah, I had a good time too. That was Freaking Fred, our virtual live show that we do once a month. Live show. It's virtual live show. It's virtual live. Wait, I got one. Live show. It's Turdy Lou live show with Jackson Claude. So good. So good. Okay, so let's get into everything because we have a lot to do today. A lot. And we have good stories. I'm really excited about them. Yes. I actually chose like three of them because I'm like so like on the pulse of pop culture. so in the know. So in the know. Without further ado, here are the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And today's episode is brought to you by Droplet. When we learned that 90% of your skincare goes to waste because it gets wiped or sweated off before absorbing to your skin, we were shook to say the least. That's why we're so excited to introduce you to the new product that we've been loving, the Droplet. Their award-winning handheld device transforms your serums into a high-velocity micro-mist that absorbs into the skin 20 times deeper than topicals. The device pairs with the Droplet app to unleash the most powerful, deeply penetrating results, and it lets you personalize your skincare routine with targeted treatment modes. Like if you do your skincare and then get into bed and you lay on the side of your face and you pull your face off your pillow, you will literally feel your skincare like coming off and like laying on your pillow and then you have like dirty pillows you have to wash. You just have more jobs. 
Choose the Here's how it works. You'll choose the serum that best meets your skincare needs, and then you'll just start misting. Droplet is really fun. It's easy to use, and it delivers powerful treatments in under 60 seconds, morning, noon, and night, right from the comfort of your own home. It feels like a mist, but it offers an injectable alternative without needles, pain, or recovery. It is the ultimate self-care experience from the comfort of your home. It de uh, The device works with formulation capsules, basically like an espresso pod or like when you're making coffee. So you can use it to infuse the treatments that are right for you into your skin, not just onto your skin. So it's really fun to do. It actually makes a lot of sense. Like I, I've always felt like right before bed doing your skincare and then getting into bed and I'm a very rough sleeper. I'm like, how is this actually working? And when I use like skincare with tanning, I always know that so much of my skincare is kind of like peeled off or not absorbed because I have patches all over my skin. So this is a really great device to make sure you're really penetrating your skin with all of your skincare. For a limited time, listeners can get 50% off your droplet device at droplet.io and use code toast. That's D-R-O-P-L-E-T-T-E dot I-O code toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Missouri. So if you are looking for high quality, beautiful jewelry that you can really live in, you've got to check out Missouri because most people think only about buying jewelry for special occasions. But Missouri does find jewelry differently by celebrating every day, not just the big moments. Their high quality pieces are designed for you to wear your way, whatever your taste, your mood, or your, or your budget. Missouri drops new limited edition products every Monday. So they feature responsibly sourced diamond, recycled 14 karat solid gold pieces that you can sweat, shower, and sleep in. That's what I love about Missouri. It's like, I'm the type of person, I leave my jewelry on, like my core jewelry that I wear every day. And to have to take off necklaces and rings before you get in the shower or after you wear them for a long time because they like weirdly turn your skin green. It's so annoying. It's another chore. Missouri jewelry is so well made. It's so beautiful. It will not turn your skin green and you can shower in it because it's made really well. So it's real jewelry that you can live in. Their designs are really classic. So it feels really good to invest in stuff that you'll know you'll be wearing for a long time. So you can discover fairly priced and expertly handcrafted styles to wear and love forever at Missouri. If you're looking for a sign to buy yourself the diamond or the gold hoops, the bracelet or the necklace, then this is the sign. Or if you're looking for someone in your life to buy it for you, send them to Missouri.com. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com. Make your own day by going to Missouri.com. Thank you, Missouri, for sponsoring today's episode. I have so many beautiful pieces for Missouri and I've had them for quite a long time now and they really have aged very well. It's not like I feel like a lot of jewelry companies, you have to like start recycling your jewelry like it doesn't lasts more than a few months, but Missouri is on top of it. Great. Thank you so much. I'm right on top of that, Rose. Our first story, Giselle is on the cover of Vanity Fair looking gorgeous and talking gorgeous. about her divorce. Uh, so the article itself, I started to read it and it's just like too verbose about how she like picks up an injured baby bird and like it was just woof. That you know. is like that scene in Something Borrowed where uh, Steve Howie, the guy who plays, I think his name is Marshall, he like picks up the ladies and he always tells them about, you know, this one time he really, he grew up an empath and he saw this injured bird and it's like this recycled, it's like such a corny thing people say. Like, we get it, you're sensitive. Like, there are other ways of showing no, that. Just listen to this paragraph. Okay. Bun Chin has just discovered the unmoving Robin nestled on a white couch on her oh. terrace, a serendipitous landing place with a panoramic vista of the beach below. Looking bereft, she scoops the bird up with the ease of a Disney princess, taking care with its mangled claw. Sounds like she wrote this herself. Like, just sounds like this person is in the wrong line of work because no, that's we cringe. want the tea on Giselle, not the bird's wing. But she also just did another cover, um, and it feels like both of them are like, Giselle, like, everything you need to know. And it's like, well, why wasn't it in the first one? Well, the other cover was Italian Vogue. Vogue. And this is, is much more like Giselle stripped down. And yeah. she's talking about her divorce, and the, she's debunking the rumor that it was about football. Like, it was not oh. about the football, she said. Um, she told Vanity Fair in a bombshell April 2023 cover story published on Wednesday that the former couple split was much bigger than just football. When asked whether she gave Tom an ultimatum, their marriage, or his job, she called the notion very hurtful and the craziest thing she's ever heard. Oh, okay. Yeah. She said she's always cheered for her now ex, who retired in 2021, and then walked back on his decision. She said, quote, if there's one person I want to be the happiest in the world, it's him. Believe me. I want him to achieve and to conquer. I want all his dreams to come true. 
clarifying that she is not somebody who is against football. She also claimed that politics never made her pull the plug on their marriage. She called successful relationships a dance and a balance, saying, when I was 26 years old and he was 29 years old, we met, we wanted a family, we wanted things together. As time goes by, we realize that we just wanted different things. She noted that their decision doesn't mean that they don't love each other. It just means that in order for you to be authentic and truly live the life that you want want to live, you have to have somebody who can meet you in the middle. Politics? What is that? I never heard that. And are either one of them extremely political? Not that I know of, but hers just saying that thing at the end, like about you have to have someone who will meet you in the middle. Like it does fan those flames of like, he didn't meet her in the middle because he chose well, football. <laughs> no, I know. I don't think she's necessarily lying because maybe it wasn't about football, but like the, you know, she could have had a problem with his priorities, meaning, you know, choosing to go back after he retired. So it's not, it's not like she's mad about football, but she's mad about like, you know, him not putting the family first. Like, it's not the football thing. It's always, you know, it's like, it's what we're always talking about. It's like, it's not the dishes in the sink. It's the lack of respect. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like she could be telling the truth. I think she is still- telling the truth. And especially when she calls it like the craziest thing that she's ever heard. It is like pretty extreme. But I'm sure also like if he was choosing football in some areas, like he was probably oftentimes making choices that weren't family centric, though he does right. seem like a family man. Yeah, and Bridget Moynihan has always spoken very highly of him as like a father and a family man. So maybe it's not that, but maybe it's like in choosing football, like he's choosing living in Tampa and like that's not the best thing for their family because she lives in Costa Rica now with Full the times. Yeah, that's where she is. Mm. She's also seen in Miami sometimes and they said she's dating some like businessman billionaire beau. Oh, thank God. Somebody's finally taking our advice. And I think his name is Mr. Soffer. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm so glad you brought that up. So his name is Jeffrey Soffer. And if you live in Miami, you know that name. He owns the Fountain Blue Hotel. Like he's a big, big developer. Um, And Ben actually has an uncle named Jeffrey Soffer. But it's not him. No, no. And when Ben, like, so if you, if you grew up like in like a, the Jewish scene, like everybody went to Miami for Passover. It was like the hot spot during high school. Like you would see everyone, you know, and Ben used to stay at the Fountain Blue and he used to get like crazy special treatment because his last name was Soffer, but there's quite, and spelled the exact same way. There's literally no relation. Ben was like so young, able to get every, so the Fountain Blue Hotel has the Club Live, which is like one of the biggest clubs in all of Miami. Ben used to be able to get all these kids in. He's like, hi, I'm Ben Soffer. My dad is Bruce. And I actually think the other Jeffrey Soffer has a brother named Bruce. And Ben's dad, Bruce, has a brother named Jeffrey. Like, it's crazy. There was like a, and what I tell you, there's literally no relation, but it, there were so many like similarities. Eventually the jig read up, but Ben was running this scam for like five years during Passover time in Miami. And he was like the coolest kid on the block. What if all this time, like we thought Ben has the Ben effect, but it's really just people thinking he's related to Jeffrey Soffer. I don't think that's it. What I think it is, is like that. Those formative years in Miami where Ben was kind of treated special for who they thought he was kind of gave Ben the drive and the connections, thus resulting in what we now know as the Ben effect. Do you think it also resulted in the entitlement that led him to use a flashlight at 4.30 a.m. and leave an I open do. can of beans for his wife for weeks on end? I do. Because I really do. Used to go to the fountain blue, like someone put away his beans. Yeah, Jackie. Nothing in life is an accident. You know, we're all like a connect. Everything. Everyone's life is a connection, a a series of moments. Mm. And so Ben is the man and the person that he is because of those formative years spent as Jeffrey Soffer's quote unquote nephew. Jeffrey Soffer's ward. Right. So everything we know (laughs) about Ben is a direct result of kind of the monster he was made into in Miami in those early 2000s. Wow. How are you and Ben? Have you forgiven him, by the way? So funny. I was, I think, I don't know if I said this. Oh, I think I said this on Breaking Bread last night. Like I, for the last week, I feel like I've come on here and like dragged Ben between the chili, the flashlight, Ben Soffer's celebrity. Like every episode, our titles have all been about Ben. You would never know. Like at home, I'm such a doting wife and Ben's been traveling a lot. So like, I'm not going to like be mad at him still while he's traveling. And like, I miss him and I love him. I just like love to use him for content and fodder and everything is true, but I'm not, I'm not mad. Even though this morning we FaceTimed and he was like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm like a lot better since flashlight gate. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not actually mad. Got it. Okay. That's good. That's surprising though. 
Yeah, no, I know, because I can hold a grudge with the best of them. Yeah. But Ben, and you, of like, all the people yeah, in my you, life. You're really, like, so... You're such, soft. You're so soft with Ben, it's crazy. Because, yeah. like, we know you as this tough bitch. Yep, yep. And if anyone else pulled half the shit Ben has pulled, even in the last, like, year, in I the probably last wouldn't talk 24 to them. hours? I wouldn't talk to them. Yeah. No, you're a real softy when it comes to Ben. That's a fun fact about Turdy Lou that you guys it is. would never expect. And, like, every time I hear it, I'm shocked. Like, when she said, like, oh, no, Ben and I were on the phone, like, kikiing, I miss him. I was like, so you don't hate him? No, I know it's shocking. <laughs> but, like, I low-key love him. Like, and I, <laughs> you know. That's so sweet. It's the truth. Yeah. But he is great for content. Though I did oh my God. hear he was going to sue the toast for defamation. Good. He should. First of all, we'll get so much press and he'll lose because nothing I said was a lie. In order to, you know, win a defamation case, which is extremely difficult, you have to prove that the person was lying. I have photo evidence of the beans. Mm -hmm. I have yesterday's episode to prove I was clearly up at 4.30. Clearly. No lies were told. Damn. Okay. Well, speaking of court cases, our next story. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow is in Utah at court for the first day of a civil trial brought against her over by a retired optometrist, Terry Sanderson, over a ski accident in 2016. Is optometrist eyes? I think so, yeah. I just saw like a funny TikTok of like the world's leading optometrist doing a panel about, you know, the benefits of laser eye surgery or mm -hmm. LASIK. Um, and every single one of them was wearing glasses. Stop. Yeah, so it's like, well, why didn't you get it? Or maybe they did get it, but th it does start to dwindle. The effects dwindle after many, many years. I just thought it was interesting. That's funny. Ever since Dope Sick, I'm like, hella sus. Yeah, but though I've heard laser eye surgery is just miraculous for those who need it. Like, I, yeah. I'm privileged in the sense that I've never known when it's like to like wake up and not Without. and have to reach for my glasses me too and like clatter around um, yeah like oh, oh oh yeah yeah or like have to put contacts in my eyes every single day but for the people who have done the surgery like Dana just did it like uh two oh. years ago oh my god she doesn't she's still talking about it it's the best thing she ever did in her whole life it's literally life-changing life-changing I think snitch wants to do it I think Olivia should do it too I think Olivia should do it too Olivia's eyes are really bad Olivia's been like you know clattering for her glasses like since she was a youngin since we were quite literally like six. Yeah. She did start wearing contacts really early in life and she's kind of been a contact queen, but it's time to level up. It's time to level up. That's a good birthday gift for somebody like to schedule them and like get them LASIK eye surgery. Yeah. Kylie got it recently, her and Stas. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were so excited. Yeah. Okay, anyways, Gwyneth is on trial and she will be testifying as will her husband, Brad Falchuk, and both of her kids, Apple and Moses, in this ski accident trial. So basically, this man, they were all skiing in Deer Valley Resort in February 2016. There was a ski collision between Gwyneth and the optometrist. The optometrist says that it was a hit and run, that mm -hmm. Gwyneth got him from behind, knocked him out, and he s suffered severe injuries, and she kept on skiing. Then okay. Gwyneth was with, with a ski instructor. The mm -hmm. ski instructor filed a report saying that it wasn't Gwyneth's fault, like he reported the, the accident, but the optometrist is saying it's a false report, and he was suing Gwyneth for $3.1 million in damages, you know, brain yeah. trauma, physical stuff, you know, quality of life, never going to be the same again. Gwyneth is maintaining that one, this guy caused the accident, and mm. two, he's doing this extorting her fame and her wealth, right. et cetera. Can I ask you a question though? Because I don't ski. And so I don't know what the legalities are or what, like, you know, what are the rules? But let's say even it was her fault. Like she, you know, didn't see him and knocked into him. Is that not just like an occupational hazard of skiing? Like we're all, that's why I don't ski. I'm always hearing about like crazy skiing accidents. Like, isn't that just like you chose to get on a mountain? Like, isn't that just like a, a potential hazard of being a skier? Yeah. But, like, if someone does injure you, you do have the right to sue them. But also, it's the hit and run aspect that she, like, hit him, he was injured, and she didn't wait for help or try and help him. It's the same thing with, you know, you could get into a car, a car. accident. It's like, if you hit and run, like, it's a much bigger crime than an accident. Oh, that's true. Okay, but also, if she did severely injure him, wouldn't she have been injured, too? Like, you can't just, like, if you knock into someone, that's, you're both being 
It could go either way. Like okay. you could knock someone over, they have a bad fall and you manage to catch yourself. Okay. It, there's all different variations of what could happen. So Gwyneth will be taking the stand during the trial and her attorney said in opening statements that Brad Falchuk will and her kids who were nine and 11 at the time they were on a family ski trip. Like Gwyneth is really just like putting everything behind maintaining her innocence and that this man is right. like some extortionist. I mean, I have to assume she probably has a decent case because this is so public and she has so much money. Like it might be, you know, more, less, less worry for her to have just paid this guy all those years ago, you know? Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure the judge capped it at 300,000 for even if he wins, like it's not going to be $3 million. So she would have just settled with him out of court if she was really in the wrong. Yeah. But I also, I mean, I don't know Gwyneth and I feel like I'm basing. She's spending more on lawyers than 300,000. Yeah. I'm basing this off of like her character and the politician, but I really feel like if she ran, collided with someone, like she would, she would stop and help them. Let me tell you how one of my... Also, a ski instructor would... St- that is their job, is to patrol right. the slopes. Like, they right. were on a beginner's course. You don't just, like, leave someone there. Of right. course, there could be corruption. The ski instructor's protecting Gwyneth. But, like, it's a ski accident. Let me tell you how one of my... Ever since I met Gwyneth Paltrow, like, one of my missions in life is to let people know, like, how wrong they are about her. Um, she is quite literally the nicest woman you've ever met in your life. She's so not what you think. And I feel like of all celebrities, like she has this crazy image of like what people think about her. Just given the fact that she's like a Nepo baby, she has this like wellness empire that's like kind of out of touch. Like it's not relatable to like a lot of people. And I think people really feel like they know her. And when I first met her and I was around her and her kids, I was like shook at the woman in front of me. Like she reminded me so much of like just a mom. She was like obsessed with her kids, like like kissing. Like it was just, she was so normal. She was so loving. She was so interested in what other people were saying. When you meet celebrities, it's always like no one else is talking. It's just them, 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 them. And it's actually kind of boring to be around celebrities because like I want to talk about myself. She was asking so many questions about like what I do. Like everyone at the table, she was like, what is your relationship like? Like she was so gracious and so loving. And I've just really always felt like she was so misunderstood. And I think in recent years, like, People have definitely gotten to know her a little bit better, but I still feel like people really don't know her. And you're right. Like her character is not that character of someone who would literally assault someone even by accident and then move on. She's like an empath. She has compassion. Like she's a mother. She would never like, that's just, and that's just my own. I have no proof of this. And I'm definitely biased because I feel like I really, um, like you've met Gwyneth, but you haven't met Terry Sanderson. Right. So I'm I'm just saying based on my own and I feel like everyone in this life should make judgments based on their own experience with people, not what they think or what they read. I really believe she's like a a, a wonderful person. That's really, really nice to hear. And I also feel like if she were in part responsible for this and it's more of what he said than what she said, she would not be putting her children on the stand to testify in her defense, especially when they were nine and 11. It's like, remember that thing that happened when you were nine? Can you go and lie about it under oath for me? No. A hundred percent, especially when her kids up until this point are very private. Like they don't have like, you know, crazy social media followings. They're not... Apple has started now that she's like I think 16 or 17 she started to like maybe go to events but they're not like crazy public figures yeah yeah I also had seen a headline I knew I should have opened the tab for this story because I was going to reference it that in discovery I guess it's come out that the guy texted his daughter after the collision saying like I'm going to be famous oh but I need to find it because I only saw the headline it was on the daily mail and now of course I can't oh well, he wasn't wrong. He is famous now. Oh, wait. Okay. A screen and a Facebook status saying I'm famous. Oh. Uh, that's that's not good. That's a negative in his column. Yeah. Where's the Facebook status? I don't know. That's a negative in his column for sure. But then there's also a witness who was like the witness on the oh. slopes who said it was Gwyneth's fault. Mm, this is just a classic case, literally, of he said, she said. It is. And so the court shall decide. But I also feel like... There are companies that that can do like mock collisions Mm -hmm. based on, you know, the slope where he was found. Velocity, velocity, her weight. His weight. And see, like, are the injuries sustained by him? Are they, do they coincide with his tale of things or not? I'm sure Gwyneth's people have, you know, the, the, the right teams putting together those sort of mock accident things. Yeah. 
This is interesting. And so, of course, people on the internet ha- are now saying that last week, Gwyneth's drama with her podcast was very intentional. She put that out so people would talk about that as opposed to this, which quite literally makes no sense. I hate, that's how like I know people don't understand like celebrity culture because they're always saying like the Kardashians put this out so we're not talking about that. When has that ever stopped people on the internet from talking about something? It's so dumb. And why would Gwyneth put herself intentionally in a negative light knowing this thing is coming up would it be like well she's obviously a bad person look at this pot like right no it wasn't like that was good press and that made you feel more warmly towards Gwyneth if anything it's like if she were going to a soup kitchen last week I'd be like oh well that's clearly intentional that's clearly you know to nullify the effects of what we're about to see I hate when people say that. And sometimes that is what happens. And I agree. But people have just like taken that notion so far. They're always saying that. Well, like maybe they're putting this out to distract us from that. And it's like that stuff actually happens. But the way you're saying it, that makes no sense. Why would Gwen like the people saying it for the Gwyneth thing is quite literally the dumbest thing. Yeah. That's not how it works. No, that's not how any of this works. Literally. Okay. Well, are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Some happy couple news. Dylan Sprouse is engaged to Barbara Palvin after five years of dating. I'm obsessed with these two. Yeah. I forgot. I was worried for a second that they weren't still together because I hadn't heard of them in so long. But that's a good sign. Like It is. It is. But usually, you know, you see pics and they are also very like aesthetic. So I would always, stuff yeah. comes up like an explore page. I don't follow and either of like them. he's like a photographer. Yeah. Yeah. They're always just like doing tings. But um he popped the question to Barbara Palvin, his longtime girlfriend. A source told Entertainment Tonight on Tuesday that Dylan and Barbara are engaged. They have been showing off her ring to people and are so happy. They're always very in love with one another and by each other's sides, but they're even happier than usual. They can't wait to start this next chapter together. I, like, love these two as a couple. Ever since they started, I have... they're so well matched and I never would have even like how did these two even you know end up in the same room like it's so random but they're so good looking Zach what's his name Zach I'm saying Zach and Cody Dylan. Uh, Dylan is so handsome like he really grew up to be such a handsome young man she is so next level like perfection like I Honestly, if I could look like anyone, she's definitely on like my top 10 list of people I would want to look like. And they're so in love. They're so low key. They've been together for so long. I was I was like genuinely happy for them when I heard this news. Yeah, me too. Nothing but good news. And Nothing so but good, weird. nice things to say. So the conversation's over. The story, the story's short. <laughs> but it's also so weird when you think about how different the Sprouse brothers ended up in their careers. Because you would have thought like you know, with, with Riverdale. And then that really was like this resurgence of Cole Sprouse. Like if anything, like Cole was out here winning. Cause Zach doesn't really act. Um, he's much more low key in like the artist like world. beverage company. Right. He's not as currently, you know, famous in the typical sense, but, um, he stays winning too. Yeah. And I love it. I really do. I'm so, and I feel like his relationship with Barbara, people are obsessed with. So he's like kind of stayed in, you know, in terms of relevance in the limelight because of that. And when she was at the Victoria's Secret fashion show, he was there. Like, it was just so cute. So cute. And then it also just reminded me, we never got to talk about Cole Sprouse on Call Her Daddy. I didn't watch the interview, but I saw the highlights and the smoking. Uh, the cigarette. The yeah. cigarette. Honestly, I never thought much about Cole Sprouse, like ever. Um, and having seen just even the this few clips from his interview, I know for a fact like we would not like each other yeah, like on a personal for a level. Fact, he was giving cringe. I mean, like smoking inside is something you have to be extremely cool to do, and he's not cool in that way. And after the interview, he's probably less cool than I thought he was. Just even how he holds the cigarette, like it was just it was cringe. It was giving cringe. I would have had more respect for him if he started to vape. Honestly, but, like and also just the way that he talks, he's so serious, he's so verbose. Like he's obviously very smart and educated, and I think that if you can sit through what he's trying to say, he's probably saying something and making a mm-hmm. point. But it is word salad. But it's big word salad. Big yeah, words nope. in the salad. I mean, I went to I went to NYU at the same time as Dylan and Cole. They're very well educated. Yeah, but you don't sound like that, Turdy Lou. Why not? Not at all. It's because I was trying to get like famous on Instagram throughout college. Well, uh, Cole was actually studying. I remember people used to like know a lot about them because they were like the celebrities on campus. He was studying archaeology. Like he's very. Uh, he's like a, a curious person. Yeah, which is good. And I do yeah. feel like that's really not something that you can fake. Yeah. Or you can, but like, he didn't sound like dumb. He just sounded yeah. pompous. P- 
pompous and like um condescending yeah and it's just like he is relatively young like you don't have all the answers but you sound like someone who does oh my god that's 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 exactly what it was it was cringe like the whole thing was really cringe especially the smoking yeah it's like rude I think she like films in her house like it's it's rude no it's not her house but it's like a house and that's and then she has a studio and yeah and like those chairs are buccal like they absorb they absorb totally but I think they smoke pot in there sometimes too oh you're right but pot really is different like cigarette smells like and and the fumes like they get into the walls I'm always seeing people on TikTok clean like these people who are like expert cleaners going into homes of people who have passed away who smoked in their house for 30 years and like the black shit that comes out of people's like walls and air vents is like nothing you've ever seen in your life furniture it really it's like tar yeah now I'm just trying to think about like smoking on podcasts like on Joe Rogan they smoke cigars a lot but that's a a studio maybe they have proper ventilation it doesn't yeah they smoke pot and like joe is smoking too so it's it's okay i'm sure he was like i I smoke and she's not gonna say no i don't know if anyone i've not seen the joe rogan episode where someone was smoking a cigarette but i've not watched even close like i am sure a hundred percent somebody has they probably have to have people come in and clean those curtains and the carpets because that shit gets into fabric yeah and then i'm sure there's people who like jewel which is i think it doesn't leave any after effects on Furniture. Totally fine, but just like people like might make fun of you depending on how you look yes. doing it. But I think I would make more fun of, at least in the Cole situation, it was so uncool in terms of like aesthetic. He should have vaped. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess if you're a person who interviews a lot of celebrities, it would behoove you to have like a stock. If I if I was Alex Cooper, like, you know, Joe Rogan and I had like a celebrity coming into my studio every week and I, I would have probably like a stockpile of a pot of cigarettes, of vapes, of cigars, like and liquor, obviously, like for whatever anybody needs, because everybody is always if you really want to get them comfortable and do like hours I think that, long. I think they do. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, that was that was funny. That was cringe. Um, are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Sophia Coppola's daughter, Romy, is going viral because she was grounded for trying to charter a helicopter. Nepo babies, they're just like us. The eldest daughter of acclaimed filmmaker Sophia Coppola, 16-year-old Romy, just revealed in a totally unrelatable yet hilarious TikTok that she was grounded for attempting to rent a chopper using her musician father's credit card. So Sorry, her- she was taking the chopper, she said, because she wanted to go have dinner with her camp friend yeah I saw and so she was grounded for such so the video she like is talking in fast forward mode and she says make a vodka sauce with pasta with me because I'm grounded because I tried to charter a helicopter from New York to Maryland on my dad's credit card because I wanted to have dinner with my camp friend um she goes on to disclose that she didn't know the difference between garlic and an onion, so she had to Google images of onions on her phone. She also said um, she's going to do this, and she's already grounded, and her parents' biggest rule is, like, she's not allowed to have any public social media platforms, but she didn't think she would be getting famous from this TikTok. Right. She's like, no one's going to care. Um, she, I thought that was interesting, that, like, having uh, no public social media is, like, a rule in her house, and she said it was because her parents don't want her to be a Nepo baby, even though her mother is quite literally the definition of a Nepo baby. Well, that's a, maybe that's exactly why she didn't want that for her daughter I guess but like she's reaping the benefits why can't Romy yeah but also she's 16 like that is really young yes and because she is of note and her parents are of note like everything she does is going to be looked at so critically literally she puts out Look one at TikTok this. and we have a microscope and it's full of tea and like the girl doesn't even know like the gems that she's spewing because she's just like lives on a different planet I know and for me I know people had a lot of takeaways from this but like for me I'm so curious what camp she goes to oh my god that's funny if anybody has any insight just dm me i won't share it because that's fucking weird but i'm just like fucking curious yeah but now she's 16 she's not in camp anymore she would be like waiting to become a counselor counselor yeah 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 yeah. but she still has camp friends i was just curious like you know back in the day there was like a camp scene we went to a few different camps everybody knew of the different camps so i'm just curious now like where are the cool kids going to camp that's what i want to know yeah uh so the Who TikTok has been deleted for Sophia Coppola's daughter, Romy. The TikTok has been deleted, but she's it's kind too of a late. star. She's also gorgeous, of course. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And we got we got um a little insight into her babysitter. Did you see her babysitter's boyfriend? Boyfriend, yeah. She said, "This is Ari or whatever, my babysitter's boyfriend," which I thought was interesting. Like, I guess you have a babysitter when you're 16. It's a w- like, no, you babysit when you're 16. Right. Maybe, maybe it was just like her 
I think babysitter is probably like uh, an affectionate term that she uses for whoever is the person who's like home with her. But it, honestly, I, maybe she's like a, a problematic child. She's yeah, already grounded. I mean, chartering a helicopter by crazy. yourself. She's not the type of 16-year-old who you would leave alone, I guess. Yeah. Some 16-year-olds are like really responsible and very, you know, they have jobs. Maybe she's just not one of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a completely funny TikTok. It's almost like if Sofia Coppola directed a TikTok video. A hundred percent. Like even the, the babysitter's boyfriend, he talked about the helicopter fiasco because it's a feminine fiasco. Oh, by the way. Because it's Women's History Month. I also now know something I didn't know, which is that Sofia Coppola is married to the lead singer of Phoenix. Cool. I didn't know that. But is that her dad? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's nice. I know. That's really nice. Yeah, she holds up the Grammy in the video too. Right, which I guess is from her dad. Yeah. Does her mom have any Oscars? I don't think so. I don't, no, no, no. No. Bling Ring wasn't winning any Oscars? No. And like not that many female directors have ever won Oscars. Oh, that's true. That's it's true. It's a very short list and we wouldn't know if she was on it. Yeah, you're right. So that's what's going on with Romy. I hope that her grounding ends soon, but I'm imagining that it just got extended. Oh, beyond. They're freaking. The thing is, though, the internet, shockingly, has received this video really well. Like, people are kind of obsessed. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she tarnished the family name. True. But she did break the family rules. No, she broke her parents' rules. Like, no matter who you are, like, that gets you grounded. Yeah, but, like, if she broke the rules and, like, did something crazy scandalous and, like, got herself in trouble. Oh, and like photographed at a club. Like, tarnished the family name or, like, did this video and it was, like, so poorly received and it was, like, this girl, ah. Like, yeah. I think it would be even worse for Miss You're Romy. right. You're right. If anything, it's it's cute. giving people a fondness towards the Coppola crew. It, it is. It's cute. It's cute. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Someone who yes. is not acting cutely. Oh, who? Nick Lachey has Ugh. been ordered to attend anger management classes in Alcoholics Anonymous meetings nearly a year after he accosted a female photographer who was snapping pictures from her car. Mm. Veteran celebrity photographer. That's I thought you were going to say just like a man on the street. Like, no. A popper, he, you know, was aggressive with a paparazzi female. Paparazza. Many, paparazza. A lot of celebrities have have and been there. He was drunk and I guess she pressed charges and he didn't get any... Um, Jail time. Jail time, but it you has to go to anger management and AA in exchange. Also, the photographer said that Nick still hasn't apologized until this day. Nick hasn't taken any responsibility. He's justified it. He thought this was done, but it's not done. I mean, to me, this is so different than like, you know, it's not like this woman was doing nothing to him. Like paparazzi is very invasive. It's really bad for a lot of people's mental health. So it wasn't like completely one-sided. Of course, you should never physically hurt anyone, especially a woman. But um, to me, this really doesn't tarnish my image of Nick Lachey. Like to me, this is just, he had a bad day. And like, it's a part of being a celebrity. It's like getting mad at a paparazzi. Yeah, the video shows him approaching the paparazzi's car and reaching through, the, reaching through the window, attempting to snatch her phone and spewing profanities. She said that, like, she rolled up her window really quickly, which she was relieved that she did. Otherwise, he would have knocked me out, no doubt about it. Okay, well, we have literally no proof of that. Um, sounds like she actually didn't get assaulted. She just got her phone snatched, which is hella dramatic to take to court. And if now, knowing what I know, Team Nick. Whoa, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Paparazzis are always out here like baiting people and then playing the victim. Yeah. Wow. Like, no, that this is not, uh, she was not assaulted. Getting your phone snatched, it's wrong. And saying, like, what would he have done? Through the window. Uh, right. You know, and then the window I don't know up. what he would have done. Well, neither do we because you closed the window. So case closed. Yeah, but it did sound like he got an arm in there and he didn't knock you out. He just wanted the, the phone. The phone. Like, drama. Drama for what? Oh my God, I really was not expecting us to be defending Nick Lachey today. Why? I, I like Nick Lachey. Like, you do? I thought it was going to be like, Jessica was right. No. He's trash. I have moved on. <laughs> like, I have moved on from Nick and Jess. I think they both have too. I think they were so young. In her book, like, she really dragged him to filth and, like, embarrassed him and you know what? He was human. He was young. He was famous. And then he ended up marrying someone who became more famous than him. And he got jealous because he had a big ego because he was young. Like, I don't think he's a bad person. I really don't. Okay. 
You don't think he's an angry person who needs anger management? I really don't. Like, and I think the proof is in the life he has with Vanessa Lachey. Like, it was really unfortunate. It was unfortunate the timing because we were all standing him and Jess. But, like, he is a family man. He's a loyal husband. He works hard. He's maintained a really nice career. Love is Blind is the best thing that ever happened to him. But, like, I don't know. How can I really be mad at Nick Lachey, for real? And I feel like him and Jessica both publicly said that they, like, squashed it. They sent baby gifts. And then Vanessa was like, I never got a gift. But, like, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like it's good. Okay, yeah, no, I agree. I do agree with everything you said. I don't harbor, even though, you know, I stand Jessica, she's my birthday twin, I don't harbor any hate in my heart for Nick Lachey, and that's because I believe that Jessica doesn't. They're both so happy and successful and in love. Yeah. It was the best thing for them. They were so young. Yeah, and Jessica's, like, more happy and more successful, so that's good. Uh, Definitely more successful. You know, you can't measure happiness. No. So those are the Fast Five stories. And now for Dear Toasters. I'm so excited. Dear Toasters, our advice segment is brought to you by a new sponsor, which I'm so excited about because I use all the time, Game Time. So the Game Time app, you guys, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I just, like a few months ago, bought tickets to Billy Joel, like the night of on Game Time. It's a fabulous app. And one of my favorite things is that when you're buying your tickets, they let you see the like virtual seat view from your seat. So you really have all the knowledge before buying the tickets. So you don't have to plan months in advance, which is something we never do here at The Toast. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, uh, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and the same row for less, Game Time will credit you the difference. So get images of the seats before you buy, which is one of my favorite parts about the app. You can buy tickets a matter of seconds and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So helpful. It's really like 21st century ticket purchasing. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code TOAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account on the GameTime app, G-A-M-E-T-I-M-E. Redeem uh, $20 off with code TOAST on the GameTime app. And I feel like in New York, every night there's something fabulous. So if you're going on a date or with the girls and you need something, download Game Time. It's great for like event discovery and then also getting like the best possible tickets for the best possible price um, all sent straight to your phone. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. So thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring today's episode. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do, until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So there's so many benefits from therapy. Um, And I think one of the hardest parts about therapy is finding the right you know, therapist who matches with you. And it can be so discouraging to like make the appointment, sit in the waiting room, go to the office and then find out that it's not a match and better help being done all exclusively online makes it so easy to like find the right person for you. And then it's just so much more convenient for doing it from your phone. You can chat, you can video, you can call, you can text. Um, it makes it that much more accessible. And, um, I feel like that questionnaire that you fill out makes it really effective in finding you a therapist who you're going to vibe with from the start. So you can discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash toast today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash toast, BetterHelp.com slash toast, and you'll get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp, Better H-E-L-P.com slash toast. All right. Are we ready for Dear Toasters? We're ready. Again, if you ever want to write in, our email is deartoasters at gmail.com. We will read your prompt on air, but we will, of course, leave your name out. It's totally anonymous. And, you know, Jackson and Claude are going to do their best with with what you've got. You know, we sometimes we give tough love. Sometimes it's the things you don't want to hear, but sometimes the thing it's the thing you need to hear. Mm. All right. <clears throat> Good morning, Jackson Claude. I have a dilemma and I need your advice. My husband and I have one car and he drops me off at work. 
I use the Alexa alarm that gradually wakes me up um, because waking up has always been difficult for me. Recently, my husband has been turning my alarm off without my knowledge and blames me for making us late. He doesn't wake me up after he's turned off the alarm or anything while he's like in the shower. He just expects me to wake up magically. I told him I need this type of alarm in order to wake up in a timely manner and not hold us both up. Do I tell him to lay off or should I start just using a different type of alarm? No. Honestly, I feel like this is the best time you could ask this question. Try the hatch. Yeah. Because the way that it works, and I'll have a code soon because I'm clapping with them for the redheads. Sorry, Toast. Like, it's okay. My Cheating on us. Podcast. Um, the way that it works is like it, the 30 minutes before your alarm is supposed to go off, they start this light that is supposed to be like the sun. So, uh, oh. you know, 30 minutes before, it's just like a little light. And by the time you're supposed to wake up, it's this really bright light. And you don't even realize that it's woken you up. So the last two days, I woke up a few minutes before my alarm. And then by the time my alarm went off, I was like, oh, okay, I can get out of bed. And I've always been a snoozer, always. Yeah, me too. And I intentionally set my hatch alarm to make wake me up earlier than I need to be up because I would like to have extra time. And I still didn't snooze. Usually if I set my alarm for earlier, that's just more time to snooze. Yeah. I think that might just be like a really easy solve here. Right. No, I completely agree. But also turning off someone's alarm and not waking them up is next level psychotic. It is. But some people like just are people who wake up when they wake up and they they open their eyes and they get out of bed and it's not very hard for them. So he might not like understand how impossible that is for you. Right. It's impossible for me too. And if someone turns off my Same. alarm, I've turned off my alarm in my sleep and not even known. Oh, that's the worst. Completely slept through it and been like, did my phone malfunction? Yeah, that is the absolute worst. I'm the type of person I need a full 30 minutes minimum to get out of bed. The hatch is 30 minutes. No, I have but like once I have I'm fully awake. Too. Once, once I'm like fully awake, I need 30 minutes. I'm telling, Turdy Lou, like, I've always been that person. But is your room really dark? Yeah. Mine's Actually, not that dark. It's dark, but um, our, there's doors to our bathrooms which have natural light. So, like, the light comes in when the sun comes up. But it's not... Com I feel like a hatch like, wouldn't make a difference on my eyes because I, my room is, like, fairly bright. No, Turdy Lou, like... It does. I didn't even, I didn't even notice it until like, and I was sleeping facing the other way. And like it, behind me, the hatch is bright, but it somehow woke me up. Like the hatch knows what it's doing. I'm by the way, I'm, this is not sponsored at all. Like I'm down to try, but my room is bright. I can't see like how effective it would be if the room is already lit. If there's this huge orb next to you. I'll try it. Try honestly. it. You're sound, making it sound really good. Waking up is just so hard. Like I'll, I'll try anything. Yeah. No, waking up. Like if I could nail like my morning routine and like get up before Harry, like be a human being and like get my coffee and not just be like scrambling all morning, my life would be enhanced. And so far I'm two for two days. And do you feel like it's made a difference in your productivity and everything? I don't, yeah, like not productivity because like it's, I'm still, you know, on at his behest. Right. But like, it's so much nicer waking up on my own instead of like, because of the crying. And then I'm like, <laughs> right. You know, I can like brush my teeth in peace. I weighed myself. Right. Haven't Did done you use that your tongue forever. scraper? No. So I, I got my tongue scraper. It's really nice in the evenings and it's fun. In the mornings, like when I brush my teeth in the morning, every morning when you're pregnant, you will gag while you brush your teeth. It's just, I had a feeling you were going to say that. It's part for the course. And the part where you gag is the part where you brush your tongue. And so I did the tongue scraper yesterday morning and it was so gaggy. And even when I was like making my coffee, like I still was having like tongue gagginess. Ugh, that's too bad because it's so much better in the morning. I know, but I used it in the evening and I liked it. And did you get a lot of schmutz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it crazy? It's more than you think, right? Yeah, it's just like a bunch, like, it's a little bit like placebo schmutz because it's also saliva, but okay. No, okay, I really wish you would do it in the morning because it's like chunky I've phlegm. Ew, and I did it yesterday morning and it wasn't enough to make me withstand the gag. Oh my God, I like literally, that's one thing that's getting me out of bed is my excitement to see what's on my tongue. Well, sorry to make your dear toasters about us, but. Um, oh, right. <laughs> hatch, restore too. like try it out. I know I'm like really new to it, but I've, I'm two for two. Yeah, by the way, that's actually really good advice. And like, I, I feel like I'm a bear. Like, I just want to sleep all day long. But make your boyfriend pay for it because this is his problem. Yeah, yeah. And just tell him to wait till Jackie has a code for you. <laughs> totally. All right, next up, Turdy Lou and Jackie O. The toast is one of the highlights of my day. I feel like you're the older sisters I never got, and I'm currently in need of some big sis advice. Mm -hmm. I recently got off birth control because I found out I have low levels of fertility. Shout out to Modern Fertility for getting this combo started for me. Love that. Shout this out. Is all, this is also not sponsored. 
I am consulting a local, local doctor to help me as I'm not ready to have kids yet, but I want to be proactive so I can have a family one day. The first step was to get off birth control. My boyfriend of over a year has been so supportive and understanding during this time, but now that I'm off my birth control, my hormones are whack. I am constantly feeling repulsed by anything this man does. A simple fart puts me over the edge. I now feel like he's lazy, he's gross and annoying. Before I got off birth control, I was madly in love with the occasional annoyance. I can't tell if it's the hormones or am I at the mark where the honeymoon stage is over? Do I talk to my doctor about this? Do I sit down with my boyfriend and tell him how he's currently making me feel? I don't want to make any rash decisions if it's only temporary and I don't want to hurt my boyfriend's feelings. Help. You need time on this. Like you have to see your hormones have not settled yet. Like no. you've been on birth control for many years. You don't want to make a hormonal decision. I would just talk to your doctor and ask like when your hormones will level out and you'll like not be feeling so hormonal. Do not break up with your boyfriend in a huff. Don't even have like a conversation with him because this could yeah. be like a completely you thing. But like what if all this time like hormonal birth control was the patriarchy like trying to get <gasps> women to like be okay with their boyfriend's disgusting habits? Oh, and then you go off of it and you see them for what they really are, which is which ugly. is ugly. <laughs> Jackie, you've cracked the code. That is definitely what's going on. Like <laughs> big pharma just pushing women into like complacency. Yeah, to not noticing and just being okay with like men's tar- terrible habits and right, things. and not and not requiring men to do better and you know reach their potential. Instead, let's change how the women see them. Let's level out their hormones so it doesn't bother them. It's literally Josie and the Pussycats. Like they're putting subliminal messaging in the music. Yeah. They're putting subliminal messaging into the birth control. You're so right. Yeah. Oh my God. We're on but to in something. But terms, in terms of this girl's actual problem, like definitely wait. And if by the time your hormones have settled, you realize like maybe this was like actually a problem in your relationship, then you can tackle it. But I feel like for right now, we could chalk this up to like just being, you know, out of sorts. Yeah, right now out of sorts. But, you know, if in a long time, like maybe you were just like emotionally, mentally like coasting because your hormones were being kept at bay. I don't know. But I would not make any permanent rash decisions while you are regulating from I feel like and it, it could take months to regulate yes depending on how long you were on it so give yourself a good chunk of time and then let's revisit it okay how about that yeah and ask your doctor like when you can expect to be feeling like your original self again yeah and there's doctor patient confidentiality so you could like tell her what's going on yeah but I, I maybe wouldn't because it sounds a little crazy not really honestly it doesn't sound crazy to me it really doesn't but I wonder, it's like, is anyone else's behavior now bothering you? Or it's like, maybe it's just Just him. your boyfriend. That's a good call. Like, is your mom bothering you? Yeah. Coworkers. Right. Are you just like a question. Be- feeling bothered? Right. Take a look at all the other relationships and see if anything else has changed. But still, I would advise do not make a permanent decision like while you are in such of a transitional period. Yeah. No, that's not good. I completely agree. Maybe just like stay uh, away from him. Yeah, yeah, no. Like go out with the girls. <laughs> Dearest turd and jerd. I got out of a relationship last year after my boyfriend cheated on me using a dating app. Tonight, I was swiping, as I do, and I came across his profile and it said active today, but I know for a fact that he has a new girlfriend. Like he has a picture of them tagged from yesterday on his Instagram. Do I tell her or would that be like psycho ex behavior? I have a burner Instagram account from college that I could DM her with, so it wouldn't be me, but like, should I just let it play out? I left the relationship gracefully when I shouldn't have, so I almost want to tell her for revenge purposes, even though it's nothing to do with the new girlfriend, even though I have nothing to do with the new girlfriend. XOXO, a spiteful toaster. Girl, not your circus, not your monkeys. Like, stay out of just you'll never actually move on if you're like still DMing his new girlfriend and I I get your point but you do look crazy and just true freedom and true closure is like not caring and you need to get to that place yeah and you literally admitted that you would be doing it for revenge not out of like the goodness of your heart because you're worried about this girl so you know woman supporting woman pretended it was altruistic and I appreciate that you didn't yeah Uh, me too also to me like you should just take this as a sign that you absolutely did the right thing and like you are on the right path like that's the sign from the universe like you're on the right path thank you universe thank you for this take the win no you're so right instead of like running with this information why don't you find solace in this information like you dodged a bullet like it's still going on he hasn't learned not that you probably ever blamed yourself nor was it ever your fault but it's like he will do it to the next person and the next person like it It had nothing to do with you it had nothing to do with your relationship or something like you weren't giving and it's just him and he's a piece of shit and like I would find solace in that I really would that's so true like let this information heal you 
Yeah. Instead of fuel your revenge. Yeah. And it has restorative properties. It does. And it's been a year. Like, we're moving yeah. on. We're moving on. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Retweet. That was Dear Toasters. I feel like each one, the answer was clear. Like, I feel good about the advice. I don't feel like there was any, you know, moral dilemmas. Like, what should we do? No, I feel like everything we said is 100% facts. Yeah, I agree. It's crystal clear what needs to be done. Crystal clear. Um, so again, Dear Toasters, the submission email is deartoasters at gmail.com. Try and keep your submissions as brief as possible, just like need to know information. And if we've read a submission of yours in the last couple of months, write us an update. How did things go? Did you take our advice? Did you not? Did, did, did things implode? Did things settle? Like, we need to know. We did. Don't leave us hanging. Don't, like, just take our advice and, like, use us and then run. No, we, like, put our, a lot of ourselves into this advice. Like, and we're empaths. So we're until empaths. we close the loop on stuff, like, it's open. It's open so true and that's our show you guys thank you so much for listening to, to uh what's the show called the toast the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every monday through friday on youtube so if you're watching this on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up we're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found so that's spotify itunes stitcher public radio i hear radio cast box all the places so wherever you listen to podcasts find us the toast leave a five star review about a beautiful stunning and wickedly talented we are hope you guys have a great wednesday don't forget to hump someone you love and we will see you tomorrow we're going to make it there for the latter half of the week, you guys. It's coming up tomorrow. We'll see you in the latter half. Bye. Bye. Love ya. Bye.